Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hello, Dog Speak Geeks. What's happening? It is spooky season. It is October. We've been decorating. My favorite time of the year. We have been doing a lot of decorating. It has been a lot of decorating. We're not done yet. No, I'm behind because I've had vertigo. Like two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, we start at the end of September. And we're getting there. We're getting there. Good times. Mm-hmm. I love it. You're going to have to post pictures on um, Dog Speak. Oh, I will. Yeah, if you guys don't know, I am a huge, huge horror fan. I mean, obviously, you know, Michael Myers. Uh, I named my dog Myers Lestrode after Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. But, uh, yeah, it's my favorite time of the year. We're heading up to Salem, taking the niece. It's going to be good times. Maybe we'll run into... Uh, Ash and Elena from Morbid. Maybe. I'm going to manifest that. Could y'all all manifest that for me? <laughs> that I run into Elena and Ash from Morbid? I've decided when you guys, you and Rose, go to a haunted house. Because I know you're going to. Because that's your jam. I'm going to go get a manicure. Seriously? Yeah. I don't. Because it's my vacation too. And I don't have to subject myself to that shit. <laughs> yeah, she does not like it. But she's really good at decorating for Halloween. I can decorate all day long. It's just, I don't want things jumping out at me. My own yard scares me sometimes. You do get jumpy, even though you put the decorations out. I know, like the Michael Myers, um, uh, what is he? Uh, well, Michael Myers stuffed, pr- whatever. Prop. prop. I don't know, prop. Michael Myers prop. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for, prop. Uh, I keep forgetting it's there, and I keep thinking there's someone standing in our side yard. And when the wind blows, his arm moves. It's great. It's horrible. Well, the the sheets keep falling over. Yeah. So one thing we have in the yard is we, we put up like a clothesline with a sheet, and he's behind that. So that nighttime, light's behind him, and you can see him. Just like Michael Myers. Just like Michael Myers. Halloween night, Michael will be here. Well, 
in person. In person. So, yeah. Or subhuman, whatever you yeah. I don't know. Uh, look, I, I do have to tell everybody, though, this, because this is amazing. There's this competition called the Face of Horror. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a competition. It's This is only the second year they're doing it. And they're raising money for childhood cancer, which is fantastic. But on the, the side of the competition, it's about they're trying to find the face of horror for 2023. And if you win as the face of horror, you get to take a picture. You get photo shoots with the original Jason Voorhees of Friday the 13th. And he's played majority of Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. in Friday the 13th, Kane Hodder. You also get a spread in a magazine, Rue Magazine, and you get a little $13,000, right? Do you know what I can buy with that $13,000? The amount of decorations? But anyway. Can we get some Christmas decorations too, though? Because we got to beat the people across the street. We'll talk about Christmas when it comes. (laughs) Okay. This competition has been going for a few weeks, and it's groups all over the world. I mean, all over the United States. And I have been in first or second place in my group since the beginning because I have amazing people voting for me. It's about to pick up, though, tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow goes the quarterfinals to where if you're not first in your group, you don't make it. You're last. Yeah, you're out. And then there's like a few more weeks that we have to make videos and stuff. To, and then Kane Hodder is going to pick the next face of horror. Mm-hmm. So look. If you guys want to support me on this, (laughs) I will put the link on Dogspeak along with, I'll put, I'll I'll put the link on Dogspeak with, and I'll put the pictures up of our Halloween stuff. I'll do it on Instagram and Facebook. So if you're not on either, go. But if you don't mind voting for me, that'd be awesome. Um, But I don't know if voting goes past tomorrow night. I don't know how the next round goes. So I'll keep you posted, but I am, I'm feeling like I can win this. I think you can. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm the next face of horror. Cause yeah, I think it's possible. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I don't break character. It's fabulous. But anyway, I wanted to shout that out. Little, little tidbit to know about Nikki. If y'all ever want to know anything about Nikki, we should probably do another one of those episodes by the end of the year. Oh, like, do you, yeah, get ask, to know. Uh, yeah, nothing's off limits. Ask Nikki anything. Mm-hmm. Send your questions in now. <laughs> yeah. Send your questions in. Subject line. Ask anything. Ask anything. And uh, maybe in December we'll record that. It's a good end of year wrap. Yeah. We have a lot of great things coming. I started working on the 2024 calendar yesterday. We do have some new things coming. We are going to be having our own little page that has on-demand workshops. And um, we'll probably have some live workshops as well that be on that so keep an eye out for that dogspeakgeek.com is going to be our new educational page mm-hmm. so we're excited about that i've got gray going to be working on some on the on the line on the line on demand online on demand courses short courses and i'm working on a few new courses too so i'm awesome. um, excited about it really excited about it all right today we are going to talk about Listener questions. We're going to answer some of those. And then we also have a few things that um, I don't think we covered 
episode before last when you and I were doing we things not, that I've changed. We did not cover it. Actually, it's been three episodes because Amanda and I did one and then Dr. Sam, mm-hmm. Alicia and I did one because you've not been available. So sorry. So um, <laughs> y'all probably won't be hearing much of her after this year. My my role has changed. At She's my, getting too busy. Job. Yeah. So I'm taking on more. And it's sad life. for me because she's my favorite podcast partner. Um, so, yeah, I got to find a new podcast partner because y'all don't want to just listen to me. Gray doesn't like doing them. He, he loves doing the videos. He's good at it. He does not like doing the podcast. Oh, I didn't know He gets that. nervous. Amanda likes doing them. Amanda likes doing them. Do you hear that, Amanda? Yep. Putting you on the spot. Putting I fallen on, told you just I now. Fallen told you. So, yeah. So that means we'll probably also be looking for some more guests and stuff. I have some ideas. And uh, yeah. That's awesome. We'll see. But I will go ahead and I'm going to set y'all's expectations. And it's seven minutes in now and I apologize. But we're probably going to have to cut back to like twice a month on the podcast until we can get things rolling um, a little bit better. But hey, if you guys want to support the podcast, please make sure you go to our website and we have a page where we have merchandise on there that is specifically, if you purchase that merchandise, it specifically helps the podcast. So, there we go. All right. All right. We are going to, I'm going to read the first one. It's a long one. Um, but I know that I like to read. And so, I'm going to. do not like to read out loud. I'm going to read this. But in, I'm asking the question for myself. So, because you don't like to answer out loud. So, here we go. This is from Sandy. So Sandy says, I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now and trying to binge through all the older episodes, which is funny because there's so many things I've changed from all the old episodes, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about those. Um, I love what you're doing and the information you're getting out there. I've already learned so much and also said hi a couple of times through Facebook. So yay, Sandy. I wanted to ask about love languages. I love this. Now I have three amazing dogs with three very individual personalities and temperaments. My oldest, Griffin, who's three and a half, is a complete love. Lab, pit, catahoula, rescue. If he had a love language, I think it would be quality time. He likes to play, walk, hike, etc. My middle child, Yoshi, almost three, is a pit, ridgeback, roddy, horrible rescue. Girl, you got some energy up in that house. He has trauma. And anxiety. But if he had a love language, I think it would be physical touch. He loves to be held and kissed and prefers to sleep all 85 pounds of himself between my legs. Finally, my baby Eugene, who's eight months, is a purebred Cane Corso rescue with the most adorable cleft lip. I don't know what type of house you live in, but I'm like just picturing the energy of these three dogs in this house. I hand it to you. He's still young and his personality isn't fully developed yet, but he may be acts of service, which would fall very much in line with his guardian genetics or quality time. He brings me his toys a lot, but is happy to just be around the room with me and sometimes will lean up against me, but in general doesn't seem to request a lot of physical affection. I realize none of this has been a question yet, but I was wondering, in your experience, could the love languages apply to dogs also? And could they potentially be predicted based on their genetic predispositions? Not ty- trying to anthropomorphize. I, I, I wasn't even going to do it. Word. I know. Not trying to anthropomorphize my dogs too much here, but I was just wondering. Laugh out loud, Sandy. Sandy, I think it's a great question. 
And I do think that dogs have love language. I just, maybe they don't look at it like we do. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, because... Or they don't put a, maybe a title to it, a label like we do. Well, they don't have the ability to do so. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I don't think. Like well, what I mean is, I don't think they're sitting like going, the, "I feel loved when." It's not like they're on the internet going, "What is my love language?" They're what not doing my, tests on their phone. You don't know. They yeah. might be get, picking up your phone and. <laughs> Maybe we could call it something else though, but it's it would be similar. Um, yeah, I think I need- they're more motivators, but that's essentially what a love language is. It's sort of a motivator for humans. Okay. Um, so I think you could call it that for a dog. Yeah, I think we're going to go with it. I think a love language is a great way of saying, this is what I need to feel connected. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's it's kind of a, what do you need to feel that connection so for me, when we talk love languages, and I don't think it's it's anthropomorphizing. <laughs> I'm not even, I don't think it's trying to turn your dog into a human. I do think that dogs are very similar in their feelings like humans. They just have a different way of expressing it. I They feel grief. They feel love. They feel excitement. They feel sadness. They feel all of these things. So I think it's it's true when we say, okay, what is their preference in interaction? Talk about Isabella. Start because she's changed a little bit. Talk about when she was a little bit younger because you and I have been talking about it the last week or so, a couple weeks, because she's been very different. I would say now it's um, either quality time or touch. I can't decide. But I'd have to say as when she was younger, maybe like a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, acts of service, throw the ball, probably take me hiking. Of, yeah, probably acts of service. <laughs> yeah. But that's quality time. Um, mm, not No, it's quality time, I think, for you. For her, it's action-based. Oh, good point. Yeah. So acts of service. Quality time, I think, would be Driving her just sitting, hanging park. out. Right? We're just sitting, hanging out. Doing yeah. nothing together, watching TV, chilling. That's. Mm. I think acts of service would more be a you know it's giving them the ability to do something, playing fetch. Yeah. Sniffaries, agility, nose work, just training. That makes sense. Um, definitely not gifts, unless it's a bully stick. <laughs> but I don't think that's her thing. But I do it. But I wonder, because... But I did say in the Motivator podcast that that bully stick was a motivator. Oh, definitely is. I think... I'm missing one. What's five? Um, Act, uh, words words of, affirmation. of affirmation. So the, I think that would be a huge one with dogs. For a lot of dogs. If, if we condition if enough, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think Myers love language, words of affirmation. For sure. I think it kind of breaks through his anxiety a little bit too. Yeah. Kind of breaks that up a little. Yeah. And I, he only really wants to be held when he's unsure. Mm-hmm. So he's not, he's not one to just lay down yeah, and let you just pet, 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 pet. Yeah. No, he's not big on that. And it's funny because 
when you look at what your animals enjoy, and they're all going to be different, and even the same breeds can be different. However, I do believe that the genetic predisposition will give you a little bit more of an idea, mm-hmm. I think, on what they like. Yeah. I mean, like a livestock guardian is going to be aloof to humans. So, for I mean, yeah. Pretty for the much. most part. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Uh, predisposed to that. So, so with quality time. Quality time's not going to be it. Petting, you know, like touch isn't going to be it. Um, maybe gifts. Maybe gifts. I don't know. What, what Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Because they're, they're so job oriented. Mm-hmm. That good job, right? That could be it. But I do think that it's, I think it's going to be a personal preference, but I also think it changes as the dog matures and ages. And well, I think it becomes too, what though. you do. Yeah. I don't think, I think for us, like for me, my love language, my main love language is touch. I'm pretty sure I was a golden retriever in my former life. Touch is my main one, but I remember touch being such a huge part of my family growing up. And mm-hmm. it, and it was more of, we, we played a lot of games to see who would earn a back rub, right? Or if I spent the night with like my cousin, we would take turns scratching like our backs or our arms till we fall, you know, fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Because for, for me, and even like when I was nervous staying with one of my cousins, she would rub my eyebrows. Yeah. And it would just relax me. And so for me, touch has always been a part. Um, and then probably words of affirmation uh, for me. Miners, I think, I mean, his words of affirmation, I think, is about, he might like gifts. He likes the plastic water bottles and things. But but <laughs> I, I do, to answer your question. He likes I, his bunny ears. I do think that every dog has their preference. And we whether we call it love language or interaction style, whatever we call it, I do think they have it. And I think it's important that we look at our dogs as individuals and see what it is that they really do like or mm-hmm. don't like and be respectful of that. Um, cause I think we try to, I think we try to push too many of our dogs to become like the dogs that we've had in the past or to match with the dogs that we have. And yeah. I'm not saying everybody does that, but yeah. I do think we tend to assume a lot and then wonder what's wrong with them when they don't like their head scratched. Yeah. Yeah. That may not be their thing. And that's why I have a problem when people say, it's my dog, I should be able to pet it when I want. Ugh. It's like saying, well, you're my wife, we, I, I should be able to have sex anytime I want. There's, there are two people in that. It's creepy, I don't like it. I know, it's, it's not, I, I don't like that at all. So, yeah, I do think that they're absolutely, uh, dogs have it. And sometimes it changes, and we go with it. But being aware of it is important, and I've really, I really noticed Isabella has completely gone to touch. Yeah, and she's like Velcro, and, and it's not that she's uncertain or unsure. Like she legitimately just wants you to pet her mm-hmm. all the time. But how she wants to be petted? Don't just pet her anywhere and play with her. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> a little needy. So, good question, though. Thanks, Sandy. Hey, good job, Sandy. All right. I guess you want me to read this one, too. Yeah, I told you I don't read out loud. I know. <laughs> I go. I have flashbacks to, like, school and reading, having to read in front of the class. Did you ever do that, like, where you knew 
what order your teacher was going in to read out loud, like if it was a play or something. And And practiced. You would like count the lines. You'd be like, okay, well, she's making each person read two lines. So you would count the lines and how many people. So you could start rehearsing your line before she got there. Um, not really. I hate reading out loud. I hate it. Well, I <laughs> I have to do it in meetings sometimes, and I stumble over words all the time. And I'm like, y'all, I promise I'm not dumb. No, you just I just slow down. cannot process this. Just slow down. Just, I just read the words in front oh, of you. Oh man, you'd probably better be better off like learning it from memory. See, you'd probably do well like in theater where you learn the lines, and then you don't have to read them; they just come to you. I'm good at presenting. Yeah, if I don't have to read anything. Yeah, you just gotta. Rem- talk. I don't want to, but I'm good at it. Well. I guess I'm reading here. Yeah, you are. Thanks. All right. This is from Muriel. Muriel, please apologize if I did not say your name right. Muriel. Muriel. I really feel like that's it. Okay. Okay. Hang in there with me, girl. All right. She says, hi, Nikki. Um, Some advice from a well-known dog trainer that I've wondered about is this. Dr. Ian Dunbar mentioned when training recalls such as when at the park, to call the dog back frequently, then reward and release to go back to playing. I believe the idea is for the dog to associate coming as being what will lead to playing. So, it would seem to me that when my dog is happy sniffing or playing, that calling her back frequently, treating and releasing her to sniff or play again would be annoying. On the other hand, doing it frequently... Perhaps she will associate coming when called as to what leads to sniffing or playing. I have noticed that when we are at the park, even though I bring special treats for recall, she is sometimes not interested because what she really wants is to sniff or run around and play. I always call her to me before I let her off leash to sniff or run around. I periodically call her back and offer her a treat, then tell her to go play. I'm wondering if I should do recalls from sniffing and running around more frequently to improve her recall so she associates the recall more with the release to play or whether it will be annoying to her. Your thoughts? Well. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Because you, I mean, you follow Dr. Dunbar. Yeah, I've, I've definitely watched some of his stuff. He's got some great stuff. Um, I don't agree with everything, but I mean, that's how we learn. We listen to people and we pick and choose and go, okay, I get that and don't get that. I don't think what he's doing is necessarily wrong. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that I would say don't ever do uh, because the dogs will be like, you're making me stop play because I don't know if they are able to really pick up on that pattern unless we do it enough. To me, I feel like the dog would get annoyed before we could do it enough to set the pattern. That coming creates play when they're already playing. Yeah. I feel like, would you have to do it before they started play? I mean, from a short distance on lead? I think that you could... And then release them. And so they're like, oh, cool. Like, Because you give a permission when you do a recall. I do. So to, my, yeah. to release. Yep. To go do whatever they're doing. Yeah, so my recall is come to me, let's make sure we touch, and that's having that physical connection of where if I need to grab the collar, hook them up, I just want to make sure they come close enough to I can get my hand on them. 
I reward and then I either release or give more information such as we're going in the other direction or I need you to sit or lay down or whatever. I do want to be able to call a dog out of play Mm -hmm. and I will practice it on a long line, but I don't make a habit of calling my dog out of a play situation just to give them food to release them back to play. And this is why. Because what she said in here is perfect. At that moment, what's the most rewarding thing? Play. Yeah. If I don't have anything more rewarding than that, then I'm not sure it's going to really teach the dog that coming to me increases the play when they're already in play mode. So... I'm, I'm kind of stumbling over it for a second because I can see where he's coming from. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I just don't think I would practice that a ton. I, I don't think I would just practice the recall a ton. And I think here's the problem. I don't practice recall a ton. Yeah. I don't call my dog that much. And when I do, I mean, 95% of the time, he's had a couple of middle fingers and it's been across the, the dogs across the street mm-hmm. that he's been into. I don't think I would do it that way. I, I don't think I would teach a dog to come out of play just to release back to play. Yeah. I would teach recall and then only call them out if I need to. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having, I probably, I've read this question 5,000 times and I'm just now really thinking about it because my brain. What do you think? What would you, when, because you've done this enough that in this situation, I I just think that teaching come, I think you should teach it in all situations. Yes. But I don't think we need to drive it home as hard as we do. I, that's why I like touch. Yeah. And I also like my this way. Torn on it because I don't think it's wrong. Right. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I don't think it's wrong. I, I don't think it's wrong. Uh, Somebody I, out there may have another opinion about that. Oh, I'm sure. I don't think it's wrong. And I have taught Isabella, which we're still working on her recall five years later, but it's, it is what it is. I don't, I don't use it very often because I don't need to. Right. Um, because we've done door control and leash manners and I recognize that I do not have an off leash dog and that's fine. Um, Personal preference. Yeah. I've called her out of play, like in class. Yes. And I've been successful sometimes and sometimes not so much. Depending on her arousal level, um, a lot of times I've just had to go get her. And, you know, we have practiced that in class. And I'm going to tell you why we're practicing class is just to teach the dog that during a high arousal environment, please keep your ears tuned into me because I may need to get your attention at any time. Yeah. That's the only reason I've really practiced in class and it is a an environment that's controlled. Yeah. And it's, so we let them play to practice that. But it's, for me, it's just to keep the dog, keep the ears turned on. Mm-hmm. I will say, doing this technique, similar to Dr. Dunbar, um, not exactly the same, but Isabella will go to the back of our yard where she once saw a squirrel one time 
And now she thinks that squirrel lives there 24 hours a day um, because Border Collie. <laughs> and there's also an armadillo that may live on the other side of our fence that she's sort of obsessed with. And it just happens to be in that same corner of the yard. And so she also associates rain and thunderstorms. Y'all, this dog will sit out with lightning strike and she will- sits out in the rain with thunder and lightning with the squirrel. Waiting, looking for the squirrel. Waiting for the squirrel. I think maybe the squirrel was there during a storm. It was trying to like get out of the rain and it ran across our fence. And anyway, I don't know. She associates storms with the back of her yard. I don't know. So we've been really working on that because I don't want to walk outside in a storm no. to go get her. No. Because I don't want to die. So we've really been working on that hard. So like, tell what, everybody what you've been doing with that. Because um, it's been working. Um, well, I've been doing your technique where if she doesn't come, I give her five sec- three to five seconds, and then I walk towards her a little closer, do it again, um, until she either comes to me or starts to come to me because I start rewarding her once she turns around and acknowledges that I exist because, let's be real, she doesn't hear me. Because uh, <laughs> squirrel. Squirrel. And I'm like, I'm going to give you some of my ADHD meds. And so we've been really working on that a lot and I don't have to go get her. Occasionally she'll see me start to walk to towards the yard and she'll go ahead and turn around and come to me. Um, but you're working that in dry weather as well both, as rain, yeah, right? Because people need to understand that. Because yeah. if you only do it with certain environmental factors, it's only going to work in those yeah. environmental factors. A few times I've called her... I've done a recall as she's running towards the tree in the corner mm-hmm. before she can get there. Yep. I will call her back. I love the turn on a dime. And then give her a treat. And then if she wants to go back, fine. Yeah. But I just, it's sort of, which I guess is sort of his concept too. You know, you're, you're saying, look, just, I need you to pay attention. It's kind of like your, your version of recall and his version of recall kind of smashed together. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't like, feel I just like you it's, to pay attention. Yeah, to I don't think. I don't think it's wrong. I think that you do need to be able to practice. I just don't know about the process of saying, if you come to me, the reward is to play, when they're already in play mode. Yeah, you would have to. I feel like you would have to have something. You need to have something above and beyond to have both Better your cake play. and eat it too. So like if it's got to be like I get to play and I get this treat. Like I mean, I feel like that's sort of But you have to I mean, you've got to I think for me you've got to have a, a reward that's going to match play that's or tough. be above it. That's tough. And that has that's going to, you know, it takes a little bit of practice. That's chicken nuggy level. But I think that in that moment, if you call your dog from play and they don't come, I think that in this scenario here, the consequence of not coming is probably going to teach more mm-hmm. than them coming. So let me explain that. If the dog, if you call the dog out of play and the dog doesn't come, you go and get the dog and the consequence is play ends. Mm-hmm. They don't get the treat and then they get released back to play. If they come out of play, they get a treat, and then they go back to play. Mm-hmm. So either way, they're still getting to go back to play. You just have to make sure that middle reward, I think, is big. But also, I think the consequence of losing play by not coming is probably what's going to drive the recall more yeah. than the reward. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as like not jumping, ignoring 
them for jumping, you're taking away attention. Yeah. Which is the reward. Yeah. So eventually they just quit jumping. Yeah. So I, I do think that, I think the consequence in that moment is going to send more mm-hmm. to the dog than just the reward of, yeah. if I'm understanding correctly what she's asking. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what his full, I need to go look and see what his full um, process is. But from what I remember. As a, when I watch his, that's uh, his exactly puppy stuff, described. he would do it with yeah. the puppy stuff. Yeah. And it may be the only does this with puppies. So if that's the case, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would use it for adults on a regular basis as my yeah. recall training. Yeah. Do I want to practice in that scenario? Absolutely. But I don't know if I'd make it as this is our recall training. All the time. Yeah, all yeah. the time. So yeah. I, because I eventually, hope that really I, I do that. feel like I do feel like eventually they're going to be like, yeah, no. Yeah. Why? I'm yeah. going back anyway. Yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> this is a stupid game. I don't I don't like this. And it, I'm actually, that's going to lead me right into what I was, I, we just, I got, I had back-to-back Zooms today and one of them was really great about talking about just the value of the reward. And, and I know we've talked about it before, but you really want to make sure guys that the reward you're offering to your dog in a certain environment is actually the level that you think it is. So if you're giving beef heart for your dog sitting in your kitchen, cause it's your, your dog's favorite treat and they come 100% of the time outside in your yard for beef heart. And then you take them to the park off leash and you call them to give them beef heart. They may do it that one time, but then they're like, I get that beef heart at home all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't get to play with these dogs. I don't get to sniff this rabbit trail. I don't get to look for these chipmunks. I don't. So at that point, the beef heart treats are not that level five. If five's the top anymore, it's probably a two or a three. And I think that's, that messes with people Mm -hmm. because they think this is my dog's favorite. And not because I get people all the time say, I use really high value treats. Okay. Well, when else do you use them? Mm Mm-hmm. If you're using high-value treats with very easy behaviors, they're going to lose that power. So knowing your dog, knowing what they like, um, and I will say that that Myers is the first dog I've had that's had um, dislike of food, Yeah, certain foods. My Rottweilers would eat anything I gave them, no matter if it made them pace and throw up in their mouth. Like, Dayan would eat anything. Oh, yeah. She loved treats. She didn't care. You Myers, could throw a pill at her and she would oh, it. Oh, I would it. just throw a treat. She'd eat the treat, throw another treat. She'd eat the treat, throw the pill. She'd eat the pill, throw another treat. I mean, it, she was the easiest <laughs> she dog was so easy. to give meds to. <laughs> she just did not care. Myers is very picky with his oh, treats. Gosh. I tried to give him, uh, I tried to give him yesterday. He's not my dog because he hardly eats potatoes and carbs and I don't know what Something. to do with that something i don't know but isabella was like i want a bite of that i don't even remember what it was but i was like he he turned his nose up he wanted nothing to do with it yeah so i've (laughs) i've got to try to figure out what is the top reward that i can use it's more rewarding than going across the street to see those dogs yeah uh last time i had him out was over the weekend i'll tell you exactly i had him on a long leash what's the what is it it's those rabbit ears and the rabbit, rabbit ears, the rabbit parts, rabbit parts. But see, those are big. So I need, 
I need small. No, things. no, no. They have small pieces. In okay, there. I need small pieces. Tiny pieces in there because it's little bits. Sorry to no all, all you animal lovers out here. It's literal like little bits of rabbit, dried pieces of. Well, rabbit because you give them with what the fur. rabbit ears with fur. It still has the fur on it. Still yeah, got the fur on it. Yeah, there were. Oh God, there were whiskers on one the other day. I mean, it's. I it's, almost died a it's little. It's a little rough, but it's very natural <laughs> they for love, dogs, and they it's love great them. for them. <laughs> it's great them. for them, right? You know, it, it kind of brings up that time that Isabella had half the rabbit in her mouth. Oh man! And you weren't even home, and this she was younger. Least favorite story. But it. But this is a great example. We worked on drop it a lot, and she was great at drop it. And I was outside with her. And I was like, oh, crap. The cat brought the rabbit in. Mm-hmm. You know, the rabbit died earlier in the day because Isabella killed it because it got in the fence. One bite, it was done. But I threw it over the fence. Cat, I guess, ate half, brought it back. And I'm sitting outside. It's dark. And I see Isabella chewing on something. I'm like, what, you know, what the hell? So I walk over and she's got half a rabbit. And y'all, I did video this. And it's I great, think I did put it on Facebook. It's a great video. And maybe I'll put it back. I'll put it back on Facebook or Instagram um, or TikTok because it really is a good video. And what I did was I had only practiced drop it with my hand on an item. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it just did not click in my head to work drop it without my hand on the item. So I get my phone out and I'm like, I have no treats or anything. If I go in the house to get anything, she's going to have this thing eaten. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if she was eating on it. But I just, I, I I wanted to practice. Maybe I didn't want her to eat all of it. But, because I, I think it is natural and they, they can eat that kind of stuff. But I walked over and I was like, Isabella, drop it. And I, did, I, wasn't, I was like, I don't want to put my hand on it. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't want to put my hand on it because I didn't want her to feel like she needed to guard that. Yeah. Um, because she was still a young pup. But two, I was, it's not that I was totally grossed out, but I was just like, I just yeah, really don't want to touch really, it if I don't, don't really, have to. You don't really want to. If I don't have to, right? So it probably took under a minute, just under a minute, I think. She finally dropped it. And I good girled her to death. And then I gave her the reward of picking it right back up. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are like, why didn't you just get it and throw it away? Well, that's why dogs don't drop things because y'all pick it up and throw it away. (laughs) I gave it back to her. I had her walk towards the house with me um, because at that point she wasn't hiding it from me because she knew I wasn't trying to take it away. We went to the house. She had the um, tendency to hide things in her mouth. Yeah. Oh, yes, she does. She'll come in with it in her mouth. Bring it in. And so I went in the house and I did get a (laughs) yummy reward. And I came back out and asked her to drop it again. It was much faster. I gave her the reward. I put her in the house. And then I threw it away. Yeah. So in that instance there, I knew I had really nothing that was more rewarding than that rabbit. So I gave her the rabbit back. Yeah. And so the next time I asked her to, to drop it, it wasn't as big of an issue. Because I gave it back to her. Yeah. I mean, so that would be like calling them out of play and then immediately yeah, letting them go back. Go to back. Yeah. So I do think that, that these are... Things that we can do, I just... You just have to evaluate, I think. I think you the, do. the motivator is. And Absolutely. Because every dog is going to be different. The reward. Yeah. Like, like Isabella, playing for her, I don't think, is number one reward, depending on the dog. Right? If you said, 
you can go play with Myers or Lou next door or Clark or we can go hiking. She's picking hiking. Yeah, she so can talk. Yeah, for sure. Maybe that's something that we that we should do as pet owners is is ask our dogs, all right, you either have A or B. Like, put them through an eye test, right? <laughs> a or B. <laughs> B or C, right? And and try to think about it. What would your dog rather do in that moment? And if you can figure that out, you're going to have much more success on teaching your dogs appropriate manners and appropriate behaviors. But just know that, like, you know, the other day, I let Myers out. I knew there was a good chance he was going to go across the street, um, which is why I was watching the road. But I let him out to say hi to the neighbors. He loves our neighbors. And I thought, I'm just going to give him a chance again. <laughs> again. And he went across the road, and I'm calling him. He ain't coming. I'm walking over. He's moving away from me. Y'all, my dog was like, nope, here I go. I'm not even <laughs> listening to you. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I have nothing that's rewarding enough. And it did, I didn't have treats on me. It, did, it wouldn't have mattered in that moment. Yeah. So for me, in that situation, I mean, I did, he didn't like run through the neighborhood. He, I got him across the street and he went to see our neighbor because he loves our neighbor. That is a good thing about him. He, he only goes to like. Yeah. I just don't like him crossing the street. That's right. the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, but. With that situation there, I knew that I wasn't rewarding enough. So my job is next time is to get out and make sure I can limit his options mm -hmm. to show him that I can have a reward and I might give him permission to go say hi to the dogs across the street. Yeah. So I think so many times we try to avoid allowing our dogs to do something that we see as negative like going to see the dogs across the street if that's what he really wants and there's nothing wrong with it like they're in a fence aren't we our neighbors are great we're all it's yeah. all really a nice neighborhood we have a we have a small neighborhood it's so him small. running across the street is really not it's a not like a huge street or anything it's, like that not yeah just, not an actual road. it's a 20 miles an hour that nobody does but it's you know still yeah. and it's a straightaway so people can see but don't put your dogs in danger it's not what i'm saying but but in that situation, for me, I know that seeing the dogs over there is, is a reward for him. So if I can work him on my side and teach him to come to, with me or come to me, then the reward is to go across the street and say hi with me, That then we can work on that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, again, just thinking about what your dog really likes, what they find motivating, what they want in that moment, because motivators change they change with environment they change daily they can even change hourly they can change in just a few minutes and that's true for humans that's true for dogs it's all about in that moment what is my motivator mm -hmm. right if i don't have any money then somebody's saying if you walk five miles i'll give you 25 dollars. i'm walking that five miles if you come to me and I'm comfortable with cash and you say, go run a mile for $1,000, I don't know if I'd do it because <laughs> I hate running. Yeah. Now, if you tell me I can run whatever speed and take as long as I want, all right, I got time to do that. But, the, but it's got to be enough of a reward for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it because you've asked me. I love you. You are my wife and I adore you. But 
I'm not going to go run a mile just because you want me to. I literally would not ask you to do that. I know. Because but, I hate it. But I but see what, where you're going. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So I just think that we need to do a better job at looking our dog, looking at our dogs as individuals to know what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we got. That's We're going to wrap it up right there because that's what we got. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. But I do think, you know, I'm putting a course together uh, called Building Relationships, Not Dictatorships, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite logos that oh, we yeah. have. It's fantastic. I mean, I would I want it on every shirt, every sticker, every cup, whatever. But what I'm doing with that is I have chosen to pick the top five behaviors that I think all dogs should know when they come into a home. What What's the first five things they should really know? Gray and I talked about it the other day. Um, and ours were a little different, which was good. Which he added something in, so I think I might give a bonus of a six. Yeah. But there are five, and the come command is not one of them. So, I think that, I think that the come command is important. I think that if we have to depend on the come command too much, then we've not created the foundation that we need in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I don't have to call my dog very often. Because we do have a great relationship. And those situations that I do need to work him in and call him, I know now I need to do a little bit more work because in that situation... We, we don't have that connection there. So we have a little breakdown, which is not a big deal. I recognize it. Now we fix it. Yeah. But I think that if we have to rely on the come command to where we're constantly calling our dogs to us, then I don't think we're building the right relationship. I think with the right relationship, you're going to have, oh, what's the best way to say this without like isolating people or pissing people off or confusing people. With little man, when we're out and about, if we're off leash, I use this way more than I use come. Because mm-hmm. I don't need him to come to me. Yeah. I just need to control him to not go towards something else or not to get too far from me. But I think that's the definition of verbal control. Yes. That you see Bingo. in places that allow off leash. Like your dog has to be leashed or within, like, within verbal control. That's what they mean. Yeah. Not... Can your dog come to you on a dime necessarily? Because your dog can be acting like an asshole while it's not next to you. Right. Or near you. Right. <laughs> but like. But also. It can be going and doing whatever it wants. And then you can say come and it comes to you. Okay, fine. But it's like been disruptive this whole time. Right. But here's another thing with the come. If, especially when people try to use come in like the dog park. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my issue. When I call, if I need to call my dog to me because I want to get them out of a situation, let's say my dog is is in a play group that the group's getting a little rough and I want my dog out of that. If I use come, I am forcing my dog to take a straight line from where he is to me. Mm-hmm. In that straight line could be one or two other dogs. And if he feels like those one or two other dogs or potential conflict, he's going to avoid them at all costs because avoiding conflict is number one, not obedience. Yeah. So I have set him up to fail for coming to me on a direct line. But if I walk away from the group and do this way, which means comes in my direction, 
I'm giving him the ability to move away from that scenario, but not feel the need to go to a straight path to where he doesn't have to cross something that may cause him more conflict. Calming signal. Exactly. A curve. Exactly. Can take another route. Bingo. Yeah. Using that curve. I, I think that so many people miss out that curve that dogs will use with that recall. Yeah, because dogs get corrected if if they're in a recall and they do a curve and they look like they're going a different direction. Yep. That's when they get leashed up. That's when yep. they get yelled at. So, Yeah, and if you guys are not on Instagram or Facebook, please go because or TikTok because I have added a couple of videos, a montage of videos this week on avoiding leash reactivity by reading your dog's body language and how they will use a curve even when on leash to avoid something that's scary. So they're really going to use it off leash. So again, I just think that people misunderstand what's happening with their dog and they're expecting so much perfection without understanding that dogs have their, their, the things that are important in their life, avoiding conflict are not necessarily what's important to our life. We don't walk around all day avoiding conflict, right? Well, we walk, speak for yourself. Okay, well, I mean some, but I mean, <laughs> but in general, we walk around trying to do things and make things happen, okay? Dogs are like, I got to avoid conflict at all costs because that's detrimental to my survival and I must feel safe. And we need to understand that more instead of expecting dogs to just go through things that are scary. It's like, it's like if you're scared of clowns, right? And I just was thinking of the haunted woods that time that Britt put like a 14-year-old in front of her at a haunted house to protect her from clowns, y'all. I'm not 14-year-old. She she I'm threw proud to the it. wolves. Well, she also I'm not proud look, about y'all, it. we were in the haunted it woods happened. and she also ran off the the walking path. First of all, I didn't run. Okay. You moved swiftly I off stumbled. the walking path, and then you stumbled in barbed wire. If you had just stayed on path, it wouldn't have been barbed wire, and the chainsaw guy's not going to touch you. Anyway. If I'd be I'm, the first to die in a horror movie. You would be the it first is to what die. It is. But, like, if, if I put you on one side, and then I ask you to run through or walk through or whatever, go through... 20 clowns or 10 clowns or even one clown to get to me and you didn't do that that's not you being disobedient that's you protecting yourself right i don't i don't i don't want anything to do with that thank you so we've got to be better at understanding what our dogs are uncomfortable with and stop this whole my dog's being disobedient dogs i don't believe are disobedient i think that they either don't understand what you're asking or they're trying to avoid something that you're not recognizing and realizing and that's why i really push that you've got to get to know your dogs better and get to know them on their level not get to know them on what level you want them to be on for you but get to know them on your level how was that you know i felt like that was a really good episode for us just kind of pulling this out fantastic quickly because (laughs) um but because you did just say, and it's recorded. Uh-oh. Um, Shit. That me avoiding conflict oh is my okay. God, no! I am going no, I just screwed myself on Halloween. I am going to get a manicure in Salem while you and Rose are in a haunted house. All right, Elena. Goodbye. Ash, if you're listening to the episode. <laughs> I really wish they'd listen to my, my, my podcast so that we could be best friends. Um... 
we need to go to haunted houses together. Because I feel like Elena and I would be like sisters. And Ash would have to be a sister too because they're sisters. But I think you and Ash are a lot more alike. But Elena and I, yeah. Y'all, if y'all have not listened to Morbid, please go listen to Morbid. Morbid only, podcast. Only and they also are doing a rewatcher on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's phenomenal. I love them so hard. And it's spooky seasons, which means they do a lot of fun spooky things. Um, I listened to an episode today on Half Hanged Mary. And she was back in the day of, of the witch trials. She got hung, then she got rolled in snow, and then she got buried in snow, and then these guys came back, and she wasn't there. And Mary lived 11 more years after that. Yep, so half-hanged Mary. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Y'all go, no kidding, right? Mary's a badass. Like, like Mary was like, they tried to get her for witchcraft when she was like 50-something. Like 59, I think. And... The court said no. Well, then these guys came in and said, we don't care what the court said. So they went in and did all these things. And then she lived like 70 and died of natural causes. So oh, you kicked ass, Mary. Good job. Don't get me into that Y'all shit. go listen to that episode. It's really good. It was, I'm behind. So it was back in September. But they're already stalking spooky season because spooky season happens as soon as it turns September. All right. That's all I got. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Um, this may or may not be the last episode Brit's own. We don't know. We never know anymore. Of what well, she's doing. Yep. My, I'll make her get on. My life it. is going to get real busy. <laughs> I'm going to make her do. At I'm not going to be home a lot. Look, at, at least the rest of this year, I'm going to make her do a couple more. A few more. And I know you guys are going to miss her because she's pretty fabulous on here. Let's let's admit it. So Thanks. there you go. But hey, I need you guys to go and support the podcast, please. You don't have to buy merch. I'd love it if you did because I'd love to send you some things. But um, please rate, review, share it. Uh, That really helps us because we want other people to find us as well. So I hope you guys have a great um, rest of the week. And uh, pray for Brett as we're in Salem. And um, yeah, I'm so excited. This is my time. I'm so excited. You're going to be fine. And find me on Face of Horror and vote for me because woohoo! I need to be the face of horror, y'all. All right. I love you guys. Hope you have a great rest of the week.